You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. I'm Tony Wink. With me in the studio is Roman Avila and PJ Dorn. Scott Casper, as, as absent today with, uh, I don't know, he's sick or something. He's, uh, yeah, it's something. Yeah. something. yeah, so we wish him the best. Hopefully he'll be ready to roll next week. So Eli Tomac scored yet another win, but his perfect season has come to a halt. At the uh, high point round, it was Eli Tomac with a 2-1 win, and Marvin Muskin putting it on him in that first moto with a 1-2, and it was Justin Barsha in third with a 3-5 score. And in the 250 class, it was Aaron Plessinger with a perfect day going 1-1. Austin Forkner with a 4-2 in second. And then Justin Cooper, 3-4. We actually have Justin on the show today. Also joining us on the show, we're going to have Jessica Patterson, Chris Moeller, uh, who's the founder of Pit Fund, a cloud-based web, mobile, and social media platform built for the racing community. And we're going to talk to him about that. Shane McElrath is, is going to join us as uh, well as um, you, our listeners. We appreciate everybody listening. Um, Oh, Tyler O'Hara, of course. we have. Uh, he's raced a number of, of races. Tyler O'Hara has uh, been a guy that we've had on over the years. Very fast road racer. and uh, as Super well as cool Fletcher. guy. Yeah, super, super cool guy. guy. So, so uh, without further ado, Jack, if you would, let's bring on our first guest. Justin Cooper grew up in uh, Cold Spring Harbor, Long Island. We've had him on before and uh, turned pro last year. Racing with the Star Racing Monster Energy Yamalube Yamaha team. What's up, Justin? How are you? I'm doing good. Just... Uh Riding away here in California. Yeah, how's how's California treating you? Uh, I'm more of an East Coast guy, so uh, <laughs> a, little, a little hard on me, but we're getting it done out here. Yeah, yeah. but the traffic is so much fun, uh, right? Oh, that yeah, would drive me nuts. You can't be in rush hour, dude. You plan your whole day around traffic. Yeah, basically. Well, let's talk about a little bit of motocross. You're doing well, man. You, you finished uh, third on the box this this. Uh, this last race at High Point, your uh, your starts are incredible. Talk about it. Yeah, uh, two podiums in a row now. So just uh, proving that um that the first one wasn't a fluke, and it was good to back that one up. And uh, the whole shots were, I think, the most important most most important part of the day. It was uh been really working on my starts lately with the team, and I think uh, we've got them down to where we need them to be. What did you think of the track? To be honest, I'm I've never ridden there and I'm a northeast guy, so a couple of these tracks I haven't ridden yet. So the, this one was kinda caught caught me off guard a little bit. It was it was pretty technical with the the ruts being so difficult. Nah, the the only reason they were difficult is because of the, the elevation and the track. So you'd be going through these off camber sweepers and you, it was easy to like get off balance, I guess. And uh yeah, that was uh the main uh, thing with, I think, all the riders, it was just the ruts were really hard to figure out there. Were you? Would you say that you were almost getting stood up in the rut? In a way, they were so deep that you couldn't really, you really had to nail them in order for it to be smooth. It was just really easy to get off balance because of the, because you were always turning on a hill or yeah. into a hill or 
something like that. It looked pretty technical to me. Uh, the ruts looked pretty deep, um, and you could see some of the, you know, the guys that had some some unfortunate crashes or tip overs were because they were either dragging something in the rut or, you know, they were just getting off balance. Um, it always, it always to me, it's it's uh, it's funny to watch when when you guys at your level, Justin struggle because i know there's no chance any of us and I, and we race you know like we race motocross and there's no chance any of us wouldn't look like a complete idiot going through those corners and stuff because it's like if it, and of course we wouldn't have to go that speed but you know the ruts that you guys make you have to be going so fast to go through them and it's it's uh you know it's just impressive you being a fairly young pro or young as a pro this is what your sophomore year right um what are your uh, what are your thoughts on the national tracks compared to what you grew up racing? I mean, do you, is it are you still adjusting? You said this one caught you off guard. Uh yeah, they're just they just prep them a little bit different compared to the amateurs. Uh, they uh they want to bring the the best out of their tracks. And I think they really dig them deep and overwater them. They want they want the tracks to get gnarly because that's what Lucas Oil Pro Motocross is supposed to be. So that's uh that's pretty much the only difference. I mean. The tracks just get a lot gnarlier, and so obviously the racing is a lot longer. So uh, yeah, just not to mention that the ruts were just so long there. Like once you got into one, I felt like you were in it forever, and very easy to cross rut and all that kind of stuff. So uh, all the way to the next crashing. corner. Yeah, we were, we saw a lot of crashes with two fifty class, so definitely not what we want. But it's definitely challenging on riders out there. Well, it's. A separator, though, right? I mean, exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, you want that, don't you? I mean, you want to try to separate out the guys that can just pin it and go fast versus, you know, guys that have technical riding ability, um, have natural ability on the bike versus just any Joe Schmo that can just twist, twist the throttle. Twist and go. Yeah. Yeah, I think as we will see the tracks getting a little bit more difficult because we have uh, the first I would say the first three rounds weren't as this one was definitely the toughest one. Now that we're getting into the East Coast rounds and the heat's going up, it'll be uh, a lot more to separate everyone out there compared to the first three rounds, I think. Well, yeah, you're going to get, sorry, PJ, you're going to get a lot more humidity. You're going to hit the better dirt. Obviously, you're not going to have that powdery stuff in California that they want to call dirt but you're gonna hit some black dirt clay whatever it is it's a lot more challenging i think because of the ruts exactly yeah, like you just said they're putting a lot of crap in the in those outdoor tracks in california i mean there's right and justin you can comment on that they're doing it everywhere they're adding so much sand and so much so much stuff to to uh you know so you guys can form ruts and good lines and retain stuff. moisture it's, i mean they're doing it at loretta's i'm sure you you i know you did justin as an amateur because i watched you down there um you know and it's uh you're dealing i think you're dealing with a lot less unless you go talking about washugo or something i think there's a there's there's some consistency would you agree around that how deep they're ripping the tracks and how wet they're getting them and adding sand and mulch and who knows what yeah yeah i mean you're always gonna expect ruts out there at a national track the way they cut it and water it they dig it deep they they expect it to get gnarly and big breaking bumps and big ruts so I'm I'm sure from here on out, I mean, you're going to get more of the same as we saw at, at High Point. 
as the season is where you know gets going and the heat comes up do you guys have to retune i've you know short of the mud bog races that we've all seen and then radiators plug up and machines cook and guys don't finish do you have uh do you have to i mean do the, is there anything special that happens as the heat goes way up other than of course for your body you drink a lot more water yeah, as far as bike work, I have no idea, but I know that a lot more hydration <laughs> and nutrition and all that stuff comes into play, and uh, it's very, very important to keep your body fueled up for those long riders in the heat. We're talking with Justin Cooper, and, and uh, fortunately, one of the the downsides of the sport in motocross, and as a lot of sports, is injuries. Um, you had an injury. If remind me, was it Houston Supercross? Yeah, it was at Houston. Yeah, when you had a it was a practice crash, and and that was a pretty serious one. Um, can you kind of talk about uh, what what the recovery has been like for you? Because it was uh, it was ribs, and wasn't it something with your vertebrae or something? Yeah, it was right next to my spine. So like all the ribs in my back, I broke T two through T ten in my back. So wow, it, it was a uh, it was really rough, but. At the same time, it was uh, I kind of need a little bit of a break. But that's not the kind of break I was looking for, but I needed a little bit of a break because I was on like a two-year just grinding and out from amateurs and uh, getting into this pro stuff. Do you? Uh, we, we we're touching upon it as your uh, health is coming around. You're clearly on the gas. Do you, how long is a 250 motors or 25 minutes and some laps? Is that right? Currently outdoors? 30 plus. 30 plus. Two 30 laps. plus two. Just like the, been that way forever. Just like the 450s. Oh, it is. Yep. I thought they moved it around. Boy, you're into road racing. You're right. A, <laughs> I'm asking silly questions. <laughs> no, but it's it's a grind, yeah. isn't it? I mean, 30 minutes is long enough. To, uh, do, you, do you carry a hydro bag? I mean, it seems like I'd want a drink, a small one. <laughs> I haven't sure. seen that since Michael Lessie. Do you remember when he did that? I, I don't. I definitely don't remember that. He oh, might. Yeah. He might have been a younger. Awesome. He might have been a young kid at that point. In yeah. Time. What do you? He was in diapers when Michael Lessie was fast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not your fault, Justin. You're doing just fine. How you're doing it? So just, just keep going the way you're going because those starts and those hole shots, obviously, are getting people's attention. What's your, uh, what's your living situation like out in California? I'm actually living with uh, my team manager. How is that? Uh, keeps uh, you keeps you focused. Yeah, good program. Yeah, good program over here. Good. Good. How long are you with Star? Uh, just resigned for another two years after the team so through 2020. You um, you've you've really I felt like um, you know, when you at Anaheim one, I remember you you were a top ten guy, and I thought that was, you know, Anaheim is such a a uh, question mark for everybody, and I, and I don't think it defines anybody's season ever. I mean, you can, you know, you can have a guy that just really off, and then the next time, you know, by San Diego or even by Texas, he's 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 on it. Um, but uh, uh, you came in as a, a really hot amateur, and uh, one thing we've talked about a lot on this program is you don't get to grow up racing Supercross as an amateur, so. It's really, uh, you know, some guys take to it. Some guys prefer outdoors. What's your what's your position? Would you rather be you enjoy outdoors more, or do you enjoy Supercross because you're doing very well in outdoors? 
Yeah, well, I've always, we all know that amateurs don't do supercross, so I've always been riding outdoor, and that's what I'm used to. So I think we have like four months on supercross before the start of the season, and I was actually starting to like it. And uh, just kind of a freak accident at the second round. I felt good at Anaheim 1. I uh, had a little couple of crashes in the races that kind of hindered my result a little bit, but I think I would have been a top five to a podium guy for the rest of the season if I didn't get injured. And speaking of said injury, I mean, I hear T2 through T10, if I heard that right, that's a lot of your back. Do you have lingering issues from it? I mean, is it is it hampering you in any way that you're, you're feeling when you're in the in a moto? No, I actually uh, I took the right amount of time off, and I think it was like eight weeks, and then I got just slowly got back into riding. And by the time the, the first outdoor came uh, came around, I had about I think three months on the bike. So we had so many motos down already, and we were just getting these outdoors that we were, we were like over prepared. You know, and as far as. Um training goes and that kind of thing we've you know that's something we've seen people get they get burned out before the season's over and they're not you know we see guys that get fatigued like i've seen bar and that kind of thing um and you say you're on a good program as far as training goes um how much time are you on the bike i mean i know that I've, we've heard a lot of guys they you know they only ride two three times a week at the most and then the, the rest is spent in the gym and on a cycle or a bicycle i should say yeah, exactly. Uh, you don't want to now. All the work's pretty much done. It's just maintaining your, your, I guess your, how do you call it? Your fitness at this point. So uh, we ride like two days tops a week, maybe even one some of the weeks because uh, we're we're in California now, so we gotta get on the flight back over to the East Coast. We just do a little bit of, uh, I guess. Bike work, gym work, and obviously a little bit of cycling. So, uh, yeah, once that's done, we, we're headed back over to the East Coast. We're kind of just maintaining the fitness right now. Nothing too crazy. We're just staying active. So what's next? Uh, Muddy Creek, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Are you? Uh, did you race there as an amateur, too? Yeah, this is uh, one of the first tracks that I've actually even ridden at. I, I raced there twice at a... They bike regional there for Loretta's, and then I had uh, actually raced the race after the amateur day after the national there a few years ago. So, so the, a little bit more familiar on this one. The uh, I've never ridden there. I mean, I've been there, of course, for the race, but um, I have I haven't ridden that track. And a lot of them I try to ride, uh, just you know, just cause, obviously because I ride, but I race. But um, that track to me seems like it's so narrow, and uh, that's been talked about before is it does it feel narrow as a when you guys are when there's 40 of you out there it really is it is narrow um and the the other problem with that track is the last couple of years they haven't ripped it the way they should have or watered it the way they should have so it's kind of been like a highway mm-hmm. and that just makes it very terrible so i'm pretty if i looked at the i don't think i looked at the weather a couple of days ago and it's been it says rain all week over there, so that'll probably mean they'll flatten it again and they will not rip it because they don't want it to be a mess. But I'm hoping that they're going to be able to make it a little bit gnarlier than it has been in the past. Yeah, we need a mutter, don't we? 
Yeah, we do for sure. <laughs> that's bound to happen. And uh, I'm a good motor rider. Uh, I think I proved that last year in my debut. When Absolutely. I got second, my day. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. Being from the East Coast, of course, you want it to be muddy at some point, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, um, and also Southwick is coming up. That's a you know legendary track. It's pretty cool that you guys are getting to race that again. Uh, for whatever reason, we all love Southwick. You know that's one everybody of does. Yeah, well, we all like Redbud and and, and uh, Millville and and, right. and Washougal, of course. Um, and then what do you do? You go to Unadilla. You got a lot of. How far did you grow up from Unadilla? Do you have a lot of family there? Yeah, we're about four hours from That's probably one of the ones that everyone will come to for me. But uh, we actually Southwick's about three hours. So. I've been riding sand all my life, so that's, that's probably the one I'm looking the most forward to this year. Nice. Well, Justin, we're uh, we're out of time, but you have an opportunity to, to thank some of your sponsors, maybe some of the people that are helping you go racing week in and week out if, you, if you'd like to. Yeah, I guess my whole Yamaloo Star Racing team, Monster Energy, they've been, uh, they've been with me since uh, the start of my pro career, and uh, I've how it's going to continue it looks like so just a big shout out to them for keeping me on the right track for these uh races all right man good job it's good having you on again all right thanks for having me all right, we're going to take a break. We want to thank Wiseco Performance Products, carrying a full line of forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets, clutch hubs, crankshafts, forged connecting rods, valves, and more for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine, and automobile on the planet. For one name, one solution, visit Wiseco.com. We'll be right back. This is Pit Pass. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with a pro tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos! 